Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, you can't get fooled again. Hot stuff. Hot stuff. (laughs) That's great. Prison reform now. Hot stuff. That'll be perfect. I'm loving it. Something like that. Uh, Let's see. So before uh, Marcus and I got together today and immediately watched a terrible video outside of uh, El Paso, outside of El Paso, Texas, of course, Marcus's home state. And I'm sorry to continue bringing that up. (laughs) Texas isn't getting the greatest uh, press right now. But there was a a, um, I believe it was a sergeant. Sergeant Mike, uh, Sergeant James Brown. Yes, uh, he was a 26-year-old man. He was a decorated soldier. He went to turn himself into a jail uh, under a DUI charge. So he took he, as opposed to paying the uh, the fine, uh, he went in for what was supposed to be two days uh, in 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 a county jail. Went in on Friday night, assuming he would be out on on Sunday evening. I would suppose, or maybe Monday morning. Mm. And uh, they ended up not uh, realizing the fact he had massive PTSD on account that he was fighting for our freedom overseas. And uh, that'll mess with a person. (laughs) It messes with a person when you're going over and you're fighting for our freedom and then you turn on television. And uh, as a soldier, you're just forced to watch Sean Hannity talk about how cops should be allowed to kill black people. And then you're like, why am I fighting for this country? It's difficult. That might be where the PTSD uh, came in. And, of course, this is still the best country on earth uh, in many, many ways. But uh, not with what's happening with our local police, with local police departments all over the country. And hopefully some things will begin to change. This is another story that um, as everyone is upset with Louis C.K. on today, this Sunday, whatever the date is, 17th of May. Um, for telling a joke that I had heard him tell many times about a pedophile that was in his town. A very humorous joke. Nothing wrong with it whatsoever. As a matter of fact, I was performing at UCB East a couple of weeks ago, and he was working out that bit. Mm -hmm. And had I known that bit was going to be used on SNL, I would have paid closer attention. (laughs) Um, But that's okay. So as the internet is enraged at Louis C.K. for having the audacity to attempt to make us laugh. Yeah. Uh, In reality, there was a major situation in Texas that occurred early April, but now we have the video of this poor man, uh, James Brown, being, um, being, I, you know, what is it, if the, the cops didn't murder him, but they did to the degree that he continued once again, very similar to Eric Garner, I can't breathe. Cops, I don't know what it is when it, when a corrections these are corrections officers in this case they just don't hear the words i can't breathe is it like when you try to talk to an animal and you're just like oh that animal only hears through thumps 
So he, he's trying to speak English. I mean, what do you have to tell officers before they get the idea that you can't breathe other than the, other than the sentence, I can't breathe? It's, I, it's pretty definitive on how are you currently feeling. I think they either don't care or they hear it all the time. Right, It has right, to be right. so. It, I mean, really, uh, the types of things that these correctional officers do and the types of things that the police yeah. officers do, by design, it is meant to be uncomfortable. Right, like right. they're not meant to be, you know, they're they're meant to be restrained. But I think sometimes they just keep going. They mm-hmm. just, I think they start going in autopilot mode or something like that. Right, or the way they're trained. I think they're also trained to just not listen to perps. Right, there, right, right. There are not perps. I mean, you know, that's of course assuming these people are guilty in the first place. But right, and this man, he was guilty of a DUI. I have a DUI. Mm-hmm. I paid a fine. Thankfully, I didn't have to go spend two days in a Texas jail. DUIs are as common as a traffic ticket, as a, as a jaywalking ticket. At this point because what they do is they set up these large nets that I think are completely unconstitutional. They just corral a series of cars in, just very, very similar to the characters on the uh, on the biggest catch uh, when they troll for uh, whatever it might be, tuna, shrimp, mm-hmm. clams, or whatever. Uh, they just put a large net down. Hopefully they come up uh, w- with an oyster or uh, some sort of product they can later sell at the market. That's exactly what the cops do in these situations with the large netting of random cars. And again, they don't sell fish. They sell human freedom. So that is where they're making their massive amounts of money. So this guy got caught up in one of those situations and uh, he turned himself in. He was uh, in solitary confinement for a, a night. He had initially said that they had initially said he was supposed to be in jail for two days. The officer said it's going to be a week. Rightfully, he freaked out, mm-hmm. called his mother, told his mother to wire them the money, which again, Oh, just pay the money. Do yeah. it. Suck a dick. <laughs> do whatever you have to do to get the hundred dollars, two hundred dollars. What? I mean, I don't know what the DUI fine is in Texas. I know that can get a little bit pricey. Harsh. Yeah. In, te- be- in Texas, they dig. They take DWIs very seriously. Right. Two thousand dollars. Two thousand bucks. Yeah. Do whatever you can to not go uh, into this jail system because your life is worth more than two thousand um, dollars. And, uh, of course, so he was there. He was 20 hours later, he comes out, he's in a body bag, and he's a corpse. So that's one of the um, wonderful stories that you want to read right before you record a comedy podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're a bit subdued today. Uh, but the video is very graphic. I mean, I guess it was leaked, one of the correctional officers. I can't right. really figure out why the correctional officer filmed the entire thing. Well, they always film because they ended up bum-rushing him because he yeah. wasn't responsive when they asked him uh, to come out of the cell. He was sitting there going through God knows what mental trauma. Again, a war veteran, PTSD. He was given uh, medals by the U.S. government. All he did was do every single thing right that you were told to do as a child in order to succeed in this country. Mm -hmm. And now we live in a country where he went through all the proper steps to uh, become an authentic American, which is not easy. He's a a black fellow, this guy. So they have to work a lot harder to prove their love for this country. As opposed to the opposite of that, which should be this country proving their love uh, to black people. Because God knows we don't have the best history with them. No. And uh, a lot of countries have done... A lot of terrible things to uh, minority populations in their own regions as well. But uh, So we're no different in that way, but God knows we should be uh, leading the charge of making amends. Mm. So these officers, just, you know, just terrible, terrible what they did to this poor man. They need to go through... Yeah, you're right, they don't listen. I can't... They go through... I feel bad for the wives of these uh, corrections officers who are just normal... Probably good guys looking to get a pension, trying to make, what do you think, sixty, seventy-five thousand dollars $75,000 a year, fairly middle-class salary. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, it's not an easy job to go and volunteer to go to prison every single day for 12 hours. Yeah. It's a shit job. It's a terrible job. But I'm sure their wives, you know, they, they went and they kissed their wives on the way to, uh, to corrections office training. And then they came back and their wives were like, can you do the dishes? And they're like, I don't hear people no more. <laughs> I stopped listening to them because I got trained to be dumb. And that's what happened. I mean, you have to, and also no nurses around. It's all, you know, I was talking to my friend Cena John uh, this past week. He's the host of The Brighter Side with Ed Larson. And we were talking about how much we like to be around women. Mm -hmm. Because there's like an emotional energy to it. You actually have a conversation where people listen, you Mm -hmm. know, for the most part. Like the presence of women is calming. Estrogen's a much more calming drug or what, pheromone or whatever the hell it is. Uh, I would, uh, hormone. Hormone than, uh, than testosterone. Yeah. You have a bunch of dudes, none of them are like Nurse Jackie. None of, <laughs> you know, none of them have any medical training whatsoever. Their idea of helping somebody who can't breathe, they literally just put a mask over his head. They made him look like Bane from, uh, you know, from Batman, whichever one. What was that mask? I guess that's a, it's spit, a spit guard. It's a spit guard. Yeah. And there was no evidence of him spitting. The guy couldn't breathe. They gave him, he didn't have enough liquids in his body to spit out. They gave him two um, cups of, uh, two half uh, filled Dixie cups for water. I mean, it's a, tragic uh it was it's an emotionally charged video so it's funny so we were watching this video not funny but it is what uh our morning was because you know marcus and i we're not normal (laughs) and if we could just stop getting in if we could stop receiving information at any time i'd be thrilled (laughs) i I take breaks man oh friday and saturday i turn information off right you have to it's outside for me man i just i go outside i barely look at my phone uh don't usually check my email saturday friday and saturday it's head dump days Head dump days? Head dumps. Yeah, that's what I call them. They're my head dump days. Well, I, you need a head dump. Yeah. Uh, and I think most uh, most people need a head fill at this point. <laughs> and, but you, you know so much that a head dump is definitely in order just so you can remain sane and, and see any sort of beauty in the world. It's essential. So they uh, so they fed the guy a little bit of water, and uh, the, whole, the entire time, again, I can't breathe. He's, he's handcuffed the entire time, which is at some point you can take him off. Yeah. You know, the, the way that they, they overcuff these people. You know, we went back, we did a last podcast on the left um, episode about Richard Speck, and we played a few clips of him in the, uh, in the Chicago jail when he was arrested. And there's a middle ground between Speck... <laughs> And what happened to Mr. James Brown? Speck, who was ha- who had mountains of cocaine, yes. who had hormone treatment snuck in so he could grow tits, right. uh, who had a pimp, and he said, of course, the famous quote, if they knew how much fun I was having, they'd turn me loose. Right, exactly. There's so- a middle ground between that yes. and being suffocated by yes. five correctional officers, when in reality you're just having a post-traumatic stress breakdown, right. a mental problem, a mental Breakdown, absolutely, and anyone would go through a uh, anyone goes through a mental breakdown. But we know PTSD. I mean, it's just like these people are, uh, you know, they're just their their brains are glass, and it's very simple for them to crack. Yeah, you know, uh, so you got to treat them with extra respect. Again, that's why they should be allowed to drink and drive. <laughs> um, but uh, so. That's that's where we're at mentally. As we see everybody raging against um, a, a comedic performance online, this is uh, this is the reality of the country, and these are the problems. The problems are not uh, jokes making light of a person's experience as a, a childhood experience re- regarding uh, the pedophile, the town pedophile, which every town had the town pedophile. Oh yeah. So that's just uh, that's where we're at. But let's uh, 
Let's, we had a couple of them, and it was only a town of like 300. Well, that's that's different. <laughs> that's per different. capita, we had a fair amount of pedophiles. Right. I mean, it's it's insane also what these prison guards wear in uh, in, in these shakedown situations. Mm-hmm. In, a, in a situation like this where the guy wasn't in jail for a long time, he didn't have enough time to make a shank. He didn't have enough. He, didn't, he wasn't home there. Mm-mm. This was a weekend stay. To to uh, you know to avoid paying a massive fine, so you know when you see those lock up raw things, uh, lock up raw on MSNBC, the television show, or the you know locked up, uh, all the countless locked up shows, which is the second business that has existed through the prison system, is the reality <laughs> TV show game. Good God, MSNBC for as much as they rail against, um, well, they, they don't even rail against the U.S. prison system. They vaguely mention it on occasion, but mm-hmm. in reality, uh, they're complicit as well. Those schmucks. <laughs> um, but you know, they put on this headgear and this, uh, you know, going against James Brown. He was, he had nothing. He had a shirt on and a pair of pants, and there's no way he didn't have belt, no shoes, and they, they, they made. They, they had they, ankle armor. They had ankle they armor. Were, they were covering their shins. Is he going to bunch your ankles? <laughs> How weak? And there were six, seven of them? Five, four of them? Five. Six, six, five of them? I mean, it's um, they were in there about ready to do battle like they were playing the game of Gauntlet, the old video <laughs> game that you used to play in the arcades in the late 80s, early 90s. They were in there thinking that this man had some sort of magical potion lined up ready to blind them uh, you know, with, uh, with, uh, with some random limerick. I mean, they pretended as if they were going against an uh, arch-villain that uh, Spider-Man uh, couldn't even uh, web or defend against. And this was an unarmed man who was suffering a mental breakdown. There was blood all over the walls that he had inflicted on himself um, during whatever the, the poor nightmarish uh, speaking of superheroes it probably something similar to what the scarecrow gave to people to make them freak out tear gas tear gas or whatever it might yeah. hallucinogens you know he's freaking out and they went in there acting as if he was going to be the 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 most aggressive human being they've ever come in contact with. And they just went in there. Well, one, they went in there because he was hurting himself. And then they finally went in there because he wasn't responding to them at all. He was just sitting there staring. because He was catatonic. He and was this completely is- catatonic. And you could see that there, when the four, there are four guys restraining him and one guy watching out. Right. And the four guys, you can t- you know when there's one guy that's struggling. You can see that everybody else is struggling along with him. You can right. kind of see the waves and the ripples. Of course. No, those four guys are just, they are just keeping him down. They're just putting they're- their hands on him. They're not moving. He's not so moving. So reminiscent of uh, Gardner. Yeah. Of the, of the ants on the log. Uh, you know, that's so remedy. They just sit on these people. I mean, Mm-mm. you know, when I was in kindergarten or preschool, rather, I was in Wheaton, Illinois. And I, I've told this story before. A boy was picking on a girl that I liked. She probably didn't like me. But what did I do to that boy? I sat on him. Yeah. And you know what happened to me? I got, I got kicked out of school for two days. But apparently, that's just what they're teaching these people to do. When you go into a cell and the, your person's acting all weird, what should we, should we uh, try to reason with them, speak through, you know, and try to calm them down? Or should we learn, like, um, sort of uh, t- kung fu or magic touches or any sort of, like, Spock effect, you know, from Star Trek? Some sort of Vulcan death grip or, you know, Vulcan go-to-sleep grip? No, you sit on them. <laughs> you know that fat ass you got there, O'Leary? Use it, you fat shit. <laughs> it's, it's terrible. It's yeah. pathetic. And these prison guards, these corrections officers, like we've seen with experiment after experiment, they just, in their head, they're the last line of defense. Again, they don't really want to be there. Their jobs aren't easy. But you know what? You signed up for it. So you better learn how to do it better than you're currently doing it. 
Because of this man, this decorated officer, who you're not going to see represented on Fox News, Sean Hannity isn't going to you know, talk about how this, this is an act of war. If a foreign government would have killed one of our soldiers, it's an act of war. Yeah. And it is unbelievable that our corrections officers in Texas, um, it is unbelievable what they were able to get away with. And now since the video, still the, the head of the prison, uh, the head of the jail said they acted accordingly, they did it right, and it's just obvious they didn't because the person died. And you shouldn't die over a DWI charge in America. Again, you should be told to turn your music down, get out of the car, and call for a ride. Yeah, that's what it used to be, and now you get wrapped up in the system, and uh, and this poor guy who, again, like he was trying to do his entire life, tried to do the right thing by turning himself in for the for the uh, staycation. You know, he was calling it a little staycation. <laughs> they messed him up, and they ended up murdering the poor guy. So anyway, let's stick with Texas, though. Holy Lord! So for those that we, unfortunately we weren't able to do. Uh, um, in an updated show last night, we did the uh, debate with Sweaty Nixon, and thank you so much for putting that out, Marcus. Okay. Apparently, my first question, Marcus wasn't happy with. I wouldn't say I wasn't happy well, with it. You know, for those that listened to it, thank you so much. And perhaps I did say something too. Maybe my first question was a little bit too aggressive, but we're living, we're learning, and I I stand by my decision. Uh, but that's fine. And that was, of course, about weed. But um, the, the the great weed debate. But in Texas, there was a Muhammad drawing contest put on. By and we're now. This was Galvinson, Garland, Garland, Texas. Pamela Geller is their president, CEO, crazy founder. This woman is, uh, she's really, you know. Yes, you have the First Amendment right to free speech, and this chick tests every single person to stand by that, um, to stand by that amendment because she says some vile, uh, vitriolic, vitriolic, vitriolic things, and that's correct. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, they are. She's the head of the American Freedom Defense Initiative. Okay. Yeah. So that is that, and their and their motto is, uh, "Hey, First Amendment lets us be a bitch wacky bitch," <laughs> which is pretty much all that she has done. She um, she constantly pokes uh, at Muslims, uh, and then okay. So let's just let's just tell the story of what happened for those that don't know. So they were putting on a Muhammad drawing contest. The winner, I believe, was going to win ten grand. The FBI was aware of this event. They alerted um, members of the facility, of the complex that it was held in, that there might possibly be a terrorist activity due to the fact that these people are doing something unbelievably offensive to the group of people um, you know, that, that tend to cause domestic terrorism. Yes. Although, again, there's plenty of whites who have done the KKK through still the we still got the W on domestic <laughs> terrorism and I'm not letting uh, the Muslims take that away from us. That's, whites are still whites are still the best at domestic terrorism. That's year they're taking That's, our jobs. They're taking That's, our terrorism. <laughs> they're taking our terrorism and I don't like it. Um, no, obviously they can have that one. But uh so the FBI had warned that this is possible, uh, possibly going to uh, incite some violence. The FBI was there at the drawing contest. I'm not sure if any of them were participating. No. But that would have been kind of fun. So what are you using your crayons for? Evil. Um, okay, good. <laughs> and uh, they had paid an extra $10,000 for security, knowing that this was obviously going to be a threat. Yeah. They knew it was obviously going to be a threat. And, of course, these two guys who were roommates 
I find that kind of fun. That they were a couple of roommates out of Phoenix, and they heard about the. It wasn't like there was a big ramp up to it where the FBI heard, you know, where they were saying for months and months, okay, this thing's coming up, this thing's coming up. Right. The only chatter that was online uh, appeared less than a week before. Uh, the attacks happened before okay. the event happened. So a lot and of this the, stuff was put together very quickly. The chatter was from the uh, from Geller's group or from um, Muslims in America? From Muslims in America. Okay. The anti-Islamic, or not anti-Islamic, the, uh, the more extremist sites, the more extremist message boards. Yeah, because all the, that's the thing. It's like, okay, we're going to get into it because it's very, you know, I want to watch my words carefully. But at the same, okay, so the Muslims in America that would never turn to violence, just like most people don't turn to violence. Yeah. But there's always going to be somebody that's going to. They were. They just had their feelings hurt. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just sitting there like, you're just a 10-year-old, 13-year-old Muslim boy. Uh, you're a Muslim man who, who you know, works, works a job. You have a family. And you're in Texas. You're a minority group. And you're doing nothing. The Quran... The Torah and the Bible are the exact same amount of n- madness and mm-hmm. insanity. Um, and you're sitting there trying to raise a family, and you're just like, that's just mean. <laughs> why, yeah. why, you know we don't love if you draw the pro- – I mean, but you, if they didn't – if that's the irony, if, if it was not an issue, they would have never done it. Yeah. Right? You know? So uh, it's, it's obviously done to provoke. And for the most part, all they did was make people who are just hardworking Americans feel bad. Yeah. And then, of course, the other effect of that is what we what we saw, which is what I believe happened, was FBI was complicit with the with Geller's group to honeypot as many terrorists as they could, and they got to, like yeah. we were talking about with the DUI, uh, you know, wrangling and netting as they did on the biggest catch or whatever it might be. This is exactly what that was. Yeah, this is a spider trap. It's a spider. This is exactly when it's like. Two for one Whopper Wednesday. <laughs> what did Burger King do to a young Ben Kissel in high school? Sure. They, they whoppered me. <laughs> they whoppered me. They knew I was going to be there. Yeah. Did they know that I was too fat to eat Burger King? They did. <laughs> you know, I'm not uh, a huge guy. Like, you know, a lot of I'm not a false flag guy. No. Uh, like, I'm not a 9-11 false flag guy. Uh, no. I don't think that 9-11 happened so they could take away our freedoms. I think that they let, I think it was more about money than it was about taking away freedoms. But this does seem a little, you know, you brought this to my attention before the shows, that this seems a little suspect in that there was such a huge FBI presence there. And you said that they got off one shot, hit one guy in the ankle, Mm -hmm. and they got fucking ventilated. Oh, one hero, hero, dude. Just pop, pop. He took out his pistol and shot them both. He he got them good. Yeah, and these guys were were killed instantly. Uh, And it also looks like since this happened, uh, since the thing in Garland happened, that uh, people are getting arrested a little bit easier now. So there's a great documentary on HBO Go right now called Thought Crimes, all about the supposed cannibal cop here in New York City who was arrested because he would go on darkfetishnet.com. Other dark fetish uh, sites and the sexual fetishes that were discussed involved cooking and eating women. Okay, not not great. Um, you know, but there was no at no point did he buy any rope, did he use any did he buy any duct tape? Did he actually not step one into actually walking down the path of committing this crime, yeah. right? Um, he did use the police database to research some women, although it can be argued he just had a crush on this girl. Whatever. Watch the documentary and make your own mind up. But this experience, what happened in Garland, they're going to be using it in a very, very similar way where – and now we'll talk about this case – where they 
what is a terrorist? When does an act become an act of terrorism? When does it become like when does an act of violence become an act of violence? Is it when you pick up a hammer? Is it when you walk towards the person? Is it when you actually have your hand up ready to hit the person on the head? When does it become an actual crime mm-hmm. as opposed to it uh, as opposed to a thought? And in this country we protect thoughts. Um and that's what we're going to start seeing here with the Garland case slowly eroding away at our idea of what is a crime as opposed to a thought? Yeah. And it's very, very interesting. So the FBI, and we're going to do a full 9-11 episode on last podcast on the left, which I cannot wait for because we're going to get into some wackity-dackity conspiracy <laughs> theories, some rational uh, cons- uh, some rational theories, and then... Well, and then we're going to find an answer. <laughs> we'll find our we'll find our Marcus, Henry, and Ben answer. And, uh, yeah, and I think someone asked me to make a goal sheet the other day, and one of my like it was on a roundtable. Oh, we, okay. we were all asked to have our goals for the next year. Right. My goal was to get to the bottom of nine eleven. Get to the God bottom. God damn it, it, I'm going to do it. The 24 pages that, that were redacted. I mean, the Saudis did it. We yeah. know that, but uh, you know, there's a bunch of. It's so cliche. And that's the way the government wants you to think about it. But what happened to Tower 7? <laughs> Where did it go? <laughs> Somebody just farted on it and it fell over. Now, we made Tower 7 strong enough to, uh, to, uh, to withstand a plane crash. But if anyone farts within five feet of it, that's, just, that's going down. It's going to go right down. So now the officers, uh, co- uh, cops in, uh, in Texas have arrested another person on suspicion of terrorism, even though the man... Has really done nothing. Again, yeah. he's, he's just he is uh, he he's got some questionable things in his past. Um, he went to this now. What's this man's story? So he went to Syria. He said he was going to go fight with uh, the Syrian rebels against Assad. Correct? Yeah, this guy's name is Bilal Ab Bilal Abud. Bilal Abud. He sounds like a fat man from Wisconsin. Bilal <laughs> Bilal is the fat. I'd never heard that Middle Eastern name yeah. before. Bilal Ab- Abud. So if he wanted to assimilate, yeah, he'd just be Bill Abdul. <laughs> I'm Bill Abdul, like yeah. Paula, but Bill. Yeah, this guy. He told the FBI that he was going to Syria to fight with the Free Syrian Army, which right. uh, is going against Assad. And the Free Syrian Army. He's definitely gotten some U.S. support in the past. They got a bunch of U.S. support. We're the ones who propped them up the entire time uh, as they were fighting against Assad. And now it's amazing because the U.S. government has done a 180. And by U.S. government, I also want to uh, put the media, U.S. media has also done a 180. A coincidence? Um, and now, of course, they think of Assad as well you know at least he's stabilizing the force Mm -hmm. and we don't know obama gave a speech about assad recently discussing how he's not using chemical weapons he's using chlorine Mm. uh which is never it's so it's not technically a chemical weapon on our list but of course you can militarize anything yeah and chlorine can definitely be militarized god knows i took enough peas and pools to realize uh when the the next week when i went back they dumped a lot more chlorine in there because they said (laughs) kissel's coming everyone's eyes are burning they're vomiting in the goddamn gutters yeah chlorine's awful chlorine is terrible in in large doses like anything else but now of course we're we're on the side of assad Mm -hmm. so even if this guy did go over there and fight with the uh, free what, the free Syrian army. Yeah. Uh, even if he did, I wouldn't be surprised if he came back and uh, he was like, "I fought with the free Syrian army. Uh, free Syrian army, we're all good." And the military is just like, "No, we don't like them anymore." So you're still <laughs> under arrest. 
Yep. Now he uh, actually he went over to uh, <clears throat> and uh, fought with ISIS okay. instead. Uh, and according to the FBI, he posted on Twitter saying, "I pledge obedience to the Caliphate Abu Bakr al Baghdadi." Here we renew our pledge to the Caliphate Abu Bakr al Baghdadi. Okay. And the Caliphate, that's the ISIS Caliphate. That's the head of ISIS that he's publicly pledging his loyalty to. Right. Uh, so the FBI says uh, the FBI says that Aboud spent time watching propaganda videos of ISIS atrocities, including beheadings, but he hasn't actually done anything. I mean, yes, he and, is, you know, like, yes, I mean, it's possible that he did fight with ISIS, but there's no proof of that. There's no proof that he went and fought with ISIS. I guarantee it, it, you he felt right at home fighting with ISIS because he was shooting a U.S. gun. <laughs> you know, so, you know, it, it, it is all such a, uh, it's such a huge gray area. Even if he did go over there, and let's just say he did choose to fight with ISIS, he comes back, and obviously he needs to be on uh, a, a list, a watch list. The FBI, mm-hmm. go talk to the guy. The incentive of arresting him I don't see because what you're doing is you're opening up the window for exactly what we were talking about with the cannibal cop but you got to watch that documentary on HBO Go thought crimes in America cannot occur if they start with uh, people who are presumed to be Muslim extremists they will whittle down to whatever your group is absolutely at some point it's going to get to you it's the same thing that we're seeing right now with the police brutality in, in black communities there has been 433 I believe it was four, whites are also Asians whites and blacks everyone's getting killed by the cops yeah and um, the, but the narrative that plays the most in media is is blacks getting uh, shot by officers and I don't have a problem with it to the degree that at least it's exposing the truth of the situation and if it has to be if that's the narrative that is uh, has the most effect and that's the area that it can get the change that we need to see put in place when it comes to the over police of our local communities that again have had never had any real violence very rare mm. is very rarely do you see an act of violence in small communities without some federal fingerprint on it. You look at McVay with uh, Oklahoma City, and you know we talked about a lot with, um, and we'll get into this on our 9-11 episode, it's not as if the government caused 9-11, but I would not be surprised to hear that it was, uh, hey, so you gave him the fake fertilizer, right? Oh shit! You give him the real stuff? Oh no! <laughs> it's very similar with uh, with with Mr. Reed, the shoe bomber, mm-hmm. who you know uh, what happened to uh, what happened after nine eleven. A few weeks after nine eleven, there was the plane that went down in Queens, mm-hmm. and uh, the official verdict was the engine fell off, <laughs> which is so much more terrifying than somebody actively took it down with a bomb. Yeah, the theory is that there was a shoe bomber on that plane, so the uh, so the FBI. Sort of either either botched that or they became aware that this was a possibility. So then they have a situation with Reed, the shoe bomber. They set it all up. They mm-hmm. gave him the shoes. They gave him the bomb. He put on the shoes, and there was that plane was never getting off the ground. No, the plane he would he was caught. You know he didn't know it, but they caught him. And a similar situation here that we have in Texas, where the FBI was all over it. Their fingerprints were all around, and these people. Granted, I don't think the FBI aided them in supplying them with weapons, but. This situation was a different technique, the honeypot, like we were talking about. Mm-hmm. So when they start 
arresting people on terrorism charges without them actually committing any acts of terror, this becomes extremely, extremely dangerous. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of things, and specifically, I think the Gilberto Valle case. He's a, Gilberto Valle is the, the cannibal, cannibal cop. Yeah. I think so much of this would be handled by the cops maybe just going by and say, like, hey, knock it off. Sure. This or, is like this is like this is getting, yeah, yeah. This is like getting a little. This is getting a little out of hand. Like it's I think how easy it is to incentivize people to do the right thing or yeah. to do the thing that you want to make them do. Because a lot simple. of times, I mean, there are just I mean, hundreds of examples of these people being on the verge. They're right there. They're kind of thinking about it. They're probably not going to do it. And the FBI uh, coming in and saying, "Hey." Why don't you think about doing this thing? Why don't you take it just a well, couple of steps further and the FBI actually brings them into extremism right. to tra- entrap them? And so they can right. say like, hey, look, we're doing this. We've we've arrested this person. We've arrested that person. When in reality, that person wouldn't have gone that far if the FBI hadn't been there to push him. That's very true. Uh, similar to how uh, Adam Lanza's mother pushed him into uh, shooting up a school by just telling... Uh, him that he's got a new birthday gift and it's an AK-47, <laughs> which is wonderful. Yeah, but you know the cops did a similar thing in uh, in Minnesota. There's a large Somali population in Minnesota, and a lot of these young kids. I mean, I've been to Minneapolis. Minnesota's good. It's got some good people, but uh, the Somali population isn't exactly doing great. Mm-hmm. And I'm not making excuses for these people because, you know, they're. Minnesota is a funny. Minneapolis is a funny place mm-hmm. because they think they're a city, um, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's a oh, twin cities, my yeah, friend. There's two. There's even, <laughs> and they even look similar. Um, but no, it's an adorable place full of some good people. Um, but that's exactly what happened in the, in that situation. It's 18, 19 year old, 21 year old kids who now in this era of social media, it's so much. It's so easy to. Uh, these groups are so accessible. And let's be honest, ISIS is crushing it. Yeah, ISIS is ISIS is what WCW was when WWF was still talking about Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior, and WCW was like outsiders are in town. Yeah, and we're about to get some new world order happening. ISIS is crushing, and you got to give them credit for that. The U.S. government looks like an old clunky juggernaut who is just uh, not appealing whatsoever to anybody new. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't. They, the, ISIS, the videos are powerful, and it it should not be illegal to Google watching uh, an ISIS video, should be able to watch an ISIS video, and the government needs to just step up their social media game and step up their marketing. You know, obviously what the U.S. government does, it's what all... So what all government does it like for example the navy uh, the navy motto is a global force for good. Yeah. How can you say no to that? That's a great motto. It's a it's the it's a sentence that is just like okay. <laughs> you can't say no to it. No. ISIS comes in they have their own narrative as well and uh, and they're also promising these people the religious angle of, you know, 40 virgins or 80 virgins or whatever the amount of virgins whatever it is just too many virgins. No I'm always my heaven is no virgins. Just a, bun- a bunch <laughs> of bunch casual of ladies. Loose women. Loose, please god, I can't deal with all these virgins. God, I love a loose woman. So now we're married? No, there's 39 more of you. What do you mean now we're married? I've never taken a girl's virginity in my life and I, I never would want to. I did it once. It was oh, fine. Terrifying. It was fine. I was not the first I was not the first 
rounder for yeah. women. You know what I'm talking about? Like I was drafted much as like I was drafted late during dodgeball or uh, any sort of um, any sort of football or whatnot. I was always about a third, fourth round guy. Mm. Same way with sex. Yeah, you know they went through they went through a series of people before they were like, all right, Kissel, you're up. Yeah, the girl whose virginity I took, I'm still friends with her on Facebook, and when I see her now, like she's got a couple of kids and. It just makes me kind of uncomfortable. Yeah, the whole thing's weird. <laughs> you just want to look at our kids and be like, I was there first. <laughs> yeah. I was there first, yeah, buddy. that's exactly my thought. It makes me feel weird. Exactly. So the uh, so the, the Somali kids, they, they researched ISIS. They were making plans to go over uh, to Syria, I believe through, through Turkey probably. One of the guys had been turned yeah. uh, in the group. And, of course, this guy all of a sudden became the Elvin. Out of the chipmunks, Elvin, on, <laughs> Elvin, Theodore, and uh, Simon. Well, Simon, the yeah. nerd. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Simon is probably the most successful one. Yeah. Theodore is doing a podcast right now. <laughs> That's me. I, I love Theodore. I love Theodore, too. Yeah, I was a big Theodore guy. Yeah. Uh, Elvin was like, oh, my God, just go go into investment banking already. Get out of here. <laughs> so uh, that kid immediately became the leader and was was the catalyst for the vast majority of their movements and and uh, for, for, you know, knowing where to go and knowing who to talk to and things like that. And, of course, they were all arrested and charged as well. So we're seeing a very interesting um, thing happening right now in the country when it comes to these thought crimes. And it is it's just because of all the new technology. These are things that the these are issues that are I think are so beyond our current structure, mm-hmm. because like we have talked about many times before, Lindsey Graham doesn't know how to email and he brags about it. Yeah. This is a senior senator in the United States government who has some of the most powerful information and someone has the, has the most one of the most powerful positions in the government. The Supreme Court still doesn't use email. You know, these are the institutions that are deciding how we're supposed to treat people who use who use this information, who Google these things, and they don't realize when you are when you're on Google, it's late at night. When these searches, and we don't realize enough as a society either. This is all Google knows us more than we know ourselves, more than our parents know us, more than our girlfriends or boyfriends, friends know us. Google knows our deep, deepest, darkest secrets, mm-hmm. and if they choose, if we allow that to be used against us. And we allow for the court system to be like, well, he Googled it, so you know he wanted to do it, Mm-mm. as opposed to the countless other motivations for Googling something. You know, if you Google, I mean, again, Marcus always mentions it on when we're doing the roundtable of gentlemen, all the Google searches that come up randomly during that hour, they, they must see like something between on Sundays between 630 and 730. <laughs> Marcus is Googling some of the weirdest... There's a spike. You know, there's a there's spike a- in strange searches. <laughs> yeah. You know, but who knows? You could, you could take that information and uh, twist it and create a narrative about who you are as a person, and you're telling a jury of 12 at this point who don't have any outside information to why you were Googling, ser- uh, Google searching any of those things, and all of that can just be used against to make you look like anything. Yeah. I mean, someone They can could- make you be the man of the year... Or they can make you be God knows anything. Mm-hmm. And that's always the big thing, uh, the the argument against if you haven't done anything wrong, then what are you worried about? Exactly. If you, you got, don't have to if do you, anything If you wrong. got nothing to hide, then what are you worried about? So you gotta, if we, well, if you haven't thought about anything wrong, then what do you got to worry about? I'm not letting the Catholic church mentality... <laughs> Run our run yeah. our country, which and is I'm really also, what it is. Well, Jesus knows your thoughts, but you know who Jesus is now? Google. <laughs> <laughs> I 
and Jesus is talking. <laughs> yeah, like, you know? I, don't, I don't want anybody to decide what which one of my thoughts are right and which ones are wrong. Exactly. You know, I don't want like you say you don't I don't have anything to hide. Maybe I do have something to hide because I'm not the one that's deciding what's good or bad. Right. Someone right. else is deciding that. Like we were saying with the person who went to fight with the Free Syrian Army. Now we like Assad. All of a sudden, this guy is now on the wrong side, and these things are fluid. Mm-hmm. The U.S. does not like people for very long. No, I mean, you if know, you look at my Google, Google searches, Jesus Christ, you'd think that I was, I mean, I've read some horrible shit, some right. awful things. You'd think that I was planning on killing right. quite a few people and getting rid of the evidence. Right. All these, all these different, you know, military, ISIS, the, you know, uh, Al-Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula, the Free Syrian Army, they're all just like pop bands. Mm-hmm. And the U.S. government is a 13-year-old girl. And they're going to change at a dime as soon as one of the pop bands gets a new haircut that they don't like. Uh-huh. Or he said something offensive on Twitter. Mm. They're going over to the, to the other band that they uh, love now, and they, they love 100% of their heart. Yeah. And they don't know in another week they're going to like another one. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, so that's, uh, you know, let's just try not to... Uh, uh, let's Okay, I would say limit our cartoon drawing contest for of muhammad <laughs> at the same time feel free to draw muhammad whenever you want to yeah they don't shoot up anybody because they have a different religious belief than you maybe the next time if they're put on a muhammad drawing contest go i don't know flog an actor that call him jesus naked through the streets <laughs> you can do whatever hang fake hang jesus again yeah go find do another art do another artistic piece yeah yeah to yeah, counteract yeah. their art pseudo artistic intent and you can imagine these people in in texas what the, i'm sure the cartoons were pretty uh acme 1933 i saw the winning one uh and the winning it was okay like, it was fine. It, it was okay. It was like a, a Muhammad saying, like, you cannot draw me. And then it shows a cartoonist's hands because it's his from his perspective. And it says, but that is why I draw you. I thought that was a, from an actual artist who made that. But maybe that was from the Texas that was thing. That was the winning Texas one, yeah. All right. Well, fight art with art. That's how that works. And then nobody gets shot. And then, uh, you know, that'll be good. Yeah. It's a better world. I'm down for it. Man. All right. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for listening. That's Marcus Parks on Twitter. I'm at Ben Kissel. Um, let's see here. Keep on supporting all the shows on CCR. Obviously, the last podcast on the left, which is crushing everything. And uh, Roundtable of Gentlemen. And uh, let's see. There's an Able Against Top Hat page on Facebook. Let us know what you think there. And I'd uh, love to wait. love to hear your thoughts on all the stuff we talked about today. And, uh, and follow Cape Company Radio. And I think that's pretty much it. I think that's it. All right, everyone. We'll talk to you soon. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire.